podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Uh, obviously, the big story of this week in the Big 12, Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, Chuba Hubbard, and everything that's going down in Stillwater. Um, I have voiced my thoughts on the Oklahoma State podcast that I am a co-host of, Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. Uh, if you are interested in what I have to say, I would suggest you go check it out. I have tweeted that link out on the 10-12 Twitter account at 1012 Podcast, T-E-N, number 12, the word podcast. I don't really want to get into it all here. Uh, Needless to say, at this point, everyone's got an opinion, whether you think it's just about the shirt, or that Gundy shouldn't have said anything, or that it's Chuba's problem, or that he didn't do enough, or that someone didn't say sorry when they were supposed to. I would say this. Um, This is now on the shoulders of Mike Gundy, the coaching staff, and the players to not only make the changes that the players are seeking, uh, but to voice to us what those changes are, what the problems were to begin with. Uh, I look forward to hearing about those things. I hope that Mike Gundy's apology was sincere. I'm going to wait to see if that was, because we'll know for sure if things change, if players stick by, if the season goes well, if the locker room is united after everything that's gone down. So we'll keep a close eye on that. NCAA announced some big news, some really, really good news. Uh, Because sports were halted early, uh, the NCAA is going to allow some extra practice time. Uh, Activities can begin uh, as soon as July 13th. Add meetings and walkthroughs breaks through July 24th with preseason practice beginning August 7th. Uh, This is a good thing. This is extra time. These players need time these players need the opportunity to get into shape for the season it's gonna be a weird year guys it's gonna be a weird year 
and uh, I'm 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 glad to see the NCAA doing things. I, I know they've also put in some uh, recruiting periods in August and September uh, that will allow some coaches to go out and do some recruiting. That's big for this class of 2022, 2021. I mean, most of the time, most of the evaluation's been done. The offers are out there. There might be a few left, but 2022 are the kids who are really at a disadvantage here um, because players, coaches aren't able to go and, and see them as much. So. Uh, NCAA is doing some things. They're doing some right things, and I'm glad to see it. Uh, Andy Mitz, Jamie Steyer joining me today. We've got a few things to talk about, including some uh, some Big 12 AD rankings that are a bit BS for a number of reasons. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about some over-unders from Vegas as far as team records this season, uh, a few other things as well. So uh, stick around. I'm going to roll a little music here, and then we're going to get to it. Joining me, uh, as they do at least once a week, my two good friends, Jamie Steyer and Andy Mitz. Guys, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Yes, excited to still be allowed here. Still be allowed here? Yeah, uh, the first time I came on, I said Okie State, so I've been waiting to get booted off ever since. Why you you keep bringing it up like you want him to go ahead and boot you off for well, that? Like just let it lie. <laughs> you know, I like to poke the bear. Besides, there's not much exciting happening in life right now. This is what I've got. I I've poked the bear enough on this podcast that uh, you know I think I think as long as you give Philip some good sound bites that he can throw out there so people will roast you for them later that he really doesn't it just mind. makes me feel better that i must be contributing more than i'm annoying so uh, it just makes me feel good i mean <laughs> I, I like having you on here and I, I can forgive certain things and i mean i mean you are an iowa state fan so i i let you get whatever jabs you need to get in to help make yourself feel better <laughs> on something. a regular basis <laughs> Yeah, you know, Philip, I, I wondered if the reason you brought her on when I'm on here is just so that the Iowa State fans don't get completely pissed off at these episodes because, you know, they're they're kind of my best friends <laughs> online. I have a very good Iowa State following. Like, I I do. We do well in Ames, and I, and I love the Iowa State fans that listen to the show, and I realize that part of that is Iowa State fans will literally listen and read anything that talks about Iowa State, even if it's bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys are just like. What else oh, do we have to do? Please talk about us. Please talk about us. Please talk about us. Please talk about us. Uh, so the, the running joke I have is that like Iowa State fans, Iowa State would win a like Twitter poll for best college baseball program. Oh yeah, they would really I, go hard for that one for the irony factor. Yes, absolutely. I, think, I I feel like that's been done already. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's the joke. Like, if those understand it, Iowa State doesn't have a baseball program. But that's how, like, rabid Iowa avid. State fans. Anything that says Iowa State, it's just like... You say avid, right I say rabid. Same difference. Uh, Absolutely the same thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we've got a few things that we're going to talk about today. Some articles that have come out in the past week or so that have caught my attention for one reason or another. Or I've heard other people talk about something and it made me curious and I wanted to investigate. So we're going to start with a little piece from Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports. He's, uh, he put out his projected order of finish. Uh, superlatives for 2020, but he, but he projected the the final standings for the Big 12. Uh, I'm going to read them off to you, starting 1 through 10. Um, and, and I think once we get to a certain point, you'll all understand why we're going to have this conversation. Andy's going to be very excited about it. So number one is Oklahoma, shocker. Oklahoma State at 2, Texas at 3, Iowa State at 4. Uh, TCU 5, Baylor 6, Kansas State 7. <clears throat> Here we go. Uh, 8 is Kansas. 
Nine is West Virginia. Ten is Texas Tech. Yeah, I was gonna let that uh, that pause <laughs> needed to be there. I want people to. I wanted everyone listening to just be like, "Wait a minute, did he say Kansas at at eight, not ten? That's correct. Two spots higher than ten. That means there are two teams he predicts to finish lower uh, than Kansas. Uh, Andy, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you kind of start here first as our uh, our resident Kansas fan. Uh, Kansas finishing eighth. Now he doesn't give records. The lazy sob just throwing teams <laughs> in a particular order with no records to explain if we're talking about tiebreakers or anything else here. Kansas, does that mean Kansas is going six and six, or are they, you know, three and nine, and West Virginia and Texas Tech are also three and nine and just happen to lose. I don't know that I have no clue how this is supposed to set up. So, you know, I mean, we can all just put things in an order without any data backing it up. Um, <laughs> I like how I like how he says the Jayhawks pull off a pair of upsets and climb out of the cellar, but we don't know what that means. Well, that also makes you wonder, like, are the upsets over West Virginia and Texas Tech? In which case, why are you picking, you know, Kansas to be eighth? If you know, like, it it, it makes it seem like they're going to upset two other teams that are going to yeah. end up ranked higher than or finish higher than them in the conference. And uh, I mean, I, I I can at least tell you in terms of the analysis he's got there for Kansas, like that is the way it would have to happen. You know, he basically says that Kansas offense looks like it's getting back on track, Mm -hmm. um, which is a fair statement. You know, talk about that last game they had against Iowa state. They were kind of going blow for blow there. The second half of the season last year, when Brent Deerman finally was able to take over, you really did see big improvements just from a scheme standpoint. Um, And now that he's had an entire off season, you know, as truncated as it might be, to go ahead and implement his system and identify the players that he wants to work with. Like, he gets to make this his own offense. And so I'm expecting to see more out of that. I'm expecting to see it more successful. The question is always going to be, you know, like, I have no no uh, no thoughts that this is going to be anything other than a bunch of shootouts for Kansas because I think the offense is going to be there. But I've got serious questions about that defense. And, you know, even against teams like West Virginia and Texas, Tech, like I realized that they had some issues, but Texas Tech dealt with a lot of injuries. West Virginia, you know, while Kansas was close in that game, like that game's going to be at West Virginia this year. And, and so, like, it's hard for me just with the history to say that Kansas defense is going to be good enough to allow them to stay in a lot of the games. Um, you know, but if we are talking about upset, like, I think, I think this Kansas team is going to upset a team or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question is going to be, like, they would also have to beat, I think, West Virginia and Texas Tech because we've seen from this Big 12, you know, there are upsets quite a bit. Last year, there was a lot of crazy upsets. Nobody really knew what this conference was going to shake out to be um, until the very end. And at that point, you look at a lot of the schedules, and it's like, wait, how did they win that game? And so that's going to be all over the place this year. Again, Kansas is going to have to, you know, to get eight. They're probably going to have to have at least three or four wins. Um, so if they're getting a couple upsets, that means that they have to, be consistent enough throughout the year uh for them to you know finish pretty close like five and seven has to be their record if they're going to be eighth in the big 12 so i'm yeah. i'm curious and, and jamie said give me one second and you know, yeah i can't say that i know the kansas roster all that well but correct me if i'm wrong is as as I recall, Kansas lost a decent amount from last year's team. I, I know there were some impact players who were gone, and you just kind of feel like, how does Kansas lose what they like lose what they lost and expect to be better this year? Well, so a lot of that is because you know, like 
a lot of the stuff that they lost was on one side of the ball. It was on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and they had a bunch of guys that kind of came in and were, were playing throughout the year. They got a lot of uh, experience for a lot of the younger guys. The question has always been how well, you know, how big of a jump are they going to make from one year to the next? And so, I mean, yeah, I think the offense is going to be a lot better, but they're getting most of the offensive pieces back. The only real weapon that they lost on offense they don't have a very good replacement for is the quarterback. Like Carter Stanley was clearly the best quarterback on the roster last year. Um, the question becomes, you know, can they coach up one of the two guys that are probably going to be the starter, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, if it's uh, – Oh gosh, I just blanked. I feel really bad because I was just talking uh, about you guys. Can, Miles, Miles, Miles McVitie, and then McVitie. Yes, I don't know why I forgot McVitie's name, but um, you know, if 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 Kendrick or McVitie really kind of take off in this Brent Deerman offense, then I think that this offense is going to get you know demonstrably better. Like they they have the pieces. They're they're returning most of the most of the receivers. You know, they're, they have Puka Williams coming back. Like, they've, they've got all of the big pieces. They're losing a little bit on the offensive line. You know, it's going to hurt that Akeem Adeniji is not there anymore. But it's one of those things, like, you're losing one really good offensive lineman, and everyone else has a lot, of, a lot more time in the system. So, I mean, I can see how the offense is going to get there. The question always has been the defense. Is the defense going to be able to take that step up? The guys that they lost, yeah, they were some pretty big pieces. You know, they lost two really, really good safeties. Um, but it really, I think, is just going to come down to, you know, can they get that defense to gel? And if so, the offense should have plenty of firepower to go ahead and step up unless the quarterback is just an absolute train wreck this year. So, yeah, Jamie, uh, your thoughts on this projected uh, final? Because, I mean, honestly, if, if one through seven, okay. Like that's, yeah. I, 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 I still haven't decided how I want to stack things up. I don't, I can't, I'm not going to argue against this one through seven, but eight, nine, ten. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean... The thing that, like, that I am immediately looking at is the justifications and, like, what's being discussed in the article, you know, because, uh, Andy, you're talking about the defense and stuff like that, and here, you know, it, it's almost feeling like the typical evaluation of the Big 12 of it's all about offense, and, like, no matter how much you watch it, no matter how much Big 12 fans say, like, I don't really agree with that, they talk so much about the offense in here. And so especially to say, you know, the justification here that he gives is Kansas offense is on track while West Virginia is a little young and tech quote, uh, quote left a lot to be desired last season. And so it's, it's definitely focusing on the offense, but I think that Andy's right in that it really in the end comes down to the defense because we've seen in so many games where you can score in a lot of your possessions but I mean everyone's generally able to score quite a bit and so um, that's just what I prefer to look at is okay the defensive part of it is what people like to ignore people like to kind of gloss over it especially for the big 12 but um, I mean it just really comes down to that and I mean the justification that he that Brandon gives in the article obviously makes sense and what he's focusing on but I think when you take those other aspects into account when you're looking at you know the coaching when you're looking at the defense that's what makes it so hard and I'm kind of in the same situation as you Philip that I I'm not gonna disagree or co-sign any of the other placings just because it's 
so up in the air. And I feel like every year after like the second game of the year, there's a lot more consensus about what's actually happening, obviously, because you see what some of the what some of the changes shake out to be. And okay, this new coach looks like they're working out or oh, this new player has come out of nowhere and really killed it. But it's just so hard, especially in a conference with as much parody as the Big 12 to really disagree. But yeah, it's it's a very interesting uh, little stack there at the bottom. It'd be, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. Iowa State and Kansas have their own issues, but to have to have things kind of shaken up in the conference, I love that. I'd love to see it. I mean, this is going to be a weird year, as we all know. Like, we have no idea what the season's actually going to be like. So, I mean, could Kansas finish eighth? Yes. Could Oklahoma finish first and everyone else finish in a, in a nine-way tie for second? I don't know. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I could, I could I could create a scenario where that happens. Um, and it would just be <laughs> – literally, we're just going to build an all-star team out of everyone, all the other nine teams to go up against Oklahoma. Uh, in the baseball title game, and they'd still lose. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so that's enough of that. I just yeah. Uh, one of the things, well, one of the things for this too, I think, is it's um you know the the Big Twelve schedule, the way the schedule is laid out, is a little weird next year. Mm-hmm. Like teams that have some big questions are playing some really iffy games early in the schedule. Yeah. Like Baylor, you know, is a team that a lot of people are curious whether they're going to be able to maintain some of that momentum under Aranda, and he's going to you know hit the ground running or if they're going to take a big step back, they have some not so easy games, especially if Kansas is, you know, going to have an improvement on offense that they're maybe just not ready for. Um, You know, that's going to be an early like circled game on the, on the KU schedule because of just how badly they got embarrassed last year. And so I'll be really interested to kind of see some of these early games and some of the, like the the spots that are up for grabs. um, They play really early, like Kansas and, and Baylor play in week two, which doesn't usually happen. Like it's not very often that we get, Big 12 games that early in the schedule. Um, but that's the one that I think is honestly a little intriguing for a lot of people because anyone who's been paying any attention is, can get excited about what Brent Deerman's doing. And there's tons of questions about Baylor and how they're going to hit the ground running or what they're going to be able to do under Aranda. Like that's a, a sneaky, interesting game to start out the Big 12 season. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be a hard time if you're – I think a lot of teams are going to have a hard time if you're replacing your head coach, have a lot of staff changes – um, it, again, we were just making assumptions based off of no spring ball. Um, I think you can move things along fairly quickly once they're able to start practicing and and, and training this summer and, and into the fall. But man, it's just it's gonna be a weird. I think this is gonna be a weird year. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. as long as that weird doesn't include like games getting canceled. I'm all for weird. I'm all for uh, <laughs> I'm all for just a wacky. What is happening? three loss national champion like just just give me give me something just out there just because uh, with everything that's been going on wouldn't we all like to have a year be like so 2020 sucked except you guys remember how wild the football season was like it was (laughs) drunk like it was hammered that that thing was stumbling down the street at two o'clock in the morning Half naked and yelling stuff. (laughs) Okay, so uh, enough about about that. Um, So, speaking of the moving on from the his projection, I wanted it led me to going and checking out what the current uh, over unders are for Big Twelve wins according to Bet Online. So I pulled all of those up, and 
I will, I want you guys have them as well. I want to know if there are any of these that really stuck out to you and said, oh, I, I would put my child's uh, college money on this. And I'll say the first one for me is, who put Oklahoma at nine and a half? Nine and a How do you, how, like, uh, why don't you just give me free money? Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I know Vegas is very smart. They are very, very smart. I know that they're banking on Spencer Rattler. It's a very different situation than the previous guys at quarterback for Lincoln Riley. You know, we don't know that much about him. Do I really not believe that Lincoln Riley is going to put out an excellent quarterback on the field? Like, I just, I, I, come on. Like, I, nine and a half. I, yes, I will take that over and I will put um, lots and lots and lots and lots of money on that and come away a very happy man. Nine and a half is just, it's crazy to me. That's crazy yeah. low. I struggle with that just because it's like, in theory, yeah, sure, you know, of of all the years to think, hey, you know, maybe Oklahoma won't be in, maybe their quarterback won't be ready because of a weird offseason, blah, blah, blah. Like, this may be the year for chaos, but I think that a lot of it is going to come down to you're going to see what teams are coached really well. Because when things are weird, when there's chaos, when everything's shaken up, what really comes what it really comes down to is coaching. And so I really have a hard time thinking that even with all the chaos and stuff like that, I really have a hard time thinking that Oklahoma would sink really below that at all. Oh, come on guys. You're, you're forgetting that Oklahoma plays at army this year. Oh God. Yes. How could I? <laughs> I need, I need college no, football no, I mean, just for that game. Oh gosh. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things like I wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma wins every single game by 30 points this year. I mean, they're, they have such an advantage for being that continuous under Lincoln Riley. And yes, Spencer Rattler is a, you know, he's, he's a redshirt freshman, but he was the guy that they were talking about last year that like, if they hadn't gotten, you know, that the Jalen Hurts transfer, like if that hadn't happened, they were ready for him to step in and be the starter last year. And they didn't think that they would have taken that big of a step back. So for him to be able to just sit, uh, you know, sit a year and soak in the system and understand how everything's going and watch someone, you know, in that kind of capacity, like, I have no problem thinking that Spencer Rattler is going to hit the ground running and is going to be a really good quarterback. I mean, mm -hmm. I think a lot of this has to do with Lincoln Riley, but the last I saw Spencer Rattler was like the third best odds to win the Heisman. And I think, again, I think a lot of that has to do with Lincoln Riley. Yes. Um, but, you know, he has enough talent that you, you, you know, I don't think it's, it's, you know, tough to say that maybe next year or the year after he could be a Heisman favorite legitimately on his own especially after he's had time to develop in, in Lincoln Riley's system. So, I mean, I don't think it's that big of an ask for him to go ahead and lead this team. And I think, like, they are one of the few teams that are not going to be hurt very much by the fact that we had hardly any offseason just because of the system they have, how continuous it is, and everything that's going on there. And, you know, they're, they're already heads and tails above basically the rest of the Big 12 um like the only team i think that is even close to them would be oklahoma state at this point just based off of what oklahoma state has returning and so like if that's the one game that you're worried about them potentially losing then that's easily well above nine and a half wins yeah i don't like you're telling me oklahoma if i'm taking the under is going to go nine and three in the regular season miss the big old title game and then probably lose their book i just like i don't i don't see OU going nine and three i don't like how uh, honest to God, I, I'm gonna go take a hundred bucks and go put a bet on this because I just I don't understand. 
Like that, that over just seems so easy and obvious. Um, okay. Are there any other on this list that stick out to you? And, and I'll read the list out to everybody. Uh, put them in alphabetical order. Baylor uh, is at seven and a half. Iowa State is at seven and a half. Kansas at three and a half. Kansas State at six and a half. OU, as we mentioned, nine and a half. Oklahoma State at eight and a half. Uh, TCU at six and a half. Texas at eight and a half. Texas Tech and West Virginia both at five and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think the one that jumps out to me is Texas Tech. I, I think that's high, to be honest. Like, I have a hard time seeing Texas Tech getting bowl eligible this year. Um, I just think they have so much going on. And yeah, Matt Wells yeah. may be a really good hire for them down the road. Eh. But they basically made <laughs> no progress in the first year. And a lot of that might have potentially had to do with, you know, quarterback injuries or things like that. But I didn't see really any building from the rest of the team. And like, yes, quarterback is the most important position on the field. But you can see progress elsewhere. Like mm-hmm. the, the defense had flashes, but it wasn't anything consistent. You can see progress elsewhere and you should see progress elsewhere throughout the year. And if anything, I would say they probably regressed over the last four or five games of the season. I just don't know that they're going to be able to do anything this year. Like they're, they're the one team that I would not be surprised would finish last in the big 12. Um, just because I don't know that they're going to make that much progress this year. Like it, it's going to take Matt Wells, I think four or five years to get, Texas Tech back to a place where they're contending for a bowl game. Well, hold on. Let me defend Texas Tech for a minute, which is a weird thing for me to say out loud. If you look at what they did last year, lose at Baylor in double overtime in a game they should have won, lose at Kansas in a weird, fluky thing, uh, lose at TCU by two, lose to Kansas State by three. Um, I, I just feel like Texas Tech last year, like so many of the teams in the Big 12, just like TCU, uh, was a team that just couldn't seem to win those close games. Baylor was the team that couldn't lose close games. Uh, and I don't know how much to take away from that and say they weren't good or they regressed. Or if teams that tend to be incredibly unlucky in one season, which I think to some extent Texas Tech was, and the quarterback thing was a real thing. I mean, they basically were on their third. They're on Duffy, who was like number three. Uh I, teams that tend to be incredibly unlucky, that tends to to kind of flip back and level out the following year, which is why I look at Texas Tech and say, I, I they may not go to a bowl game. They may finish five and seven this year. But I also just look at the Big 12 and go, I, I, I think we have another year of like, we could see eight teams go bowling because there's like four, six, and six teams, or we could see five teams go bowling we've got like three five and seven teams like i just i don't i don't know this year and i don't i don't know that i want to dog texas tech that bad and say like oh it wouldn't i mean if they weren't good it wouldn't shock me but i don't it's because i don't have any faith in matt wells but i also don't know that i i agree on like oh five and a half there's no way they're gonna get there like i could see them finish like i could see them five and seven i could see them six and six i think the under is the better bet if you want to make a bet for texas tech but I'm, I don't feel as comfortable making that. Yeah, see, I just I, I probably would be comfortable taking the under there if it was at four and a half. I just I don't have any faith in that in that team. Um, you know, Oklahoma State, you know, they, that win that they had, to be honest, like I'm sure you were watching this thinking that Oklahoma State shot themselves in the foot so many times in that game. And yes, the defense had a phenomenal game, but it wasn't anything that was sustained the rest of the year or anything like that. They they jumped up and got a fairly lucky win when when Spencer Sanders had a really, really bad game. Against Baylor, again, it was a similar sort of thing. You know, they had a, a really bad game for that Baylor team, and they were – Texas Tech was riding high defensively. But, 
you know, after that, they, they really kind of fell off a cliff the rest of the year. The only game that they were competitive in, um, I'm sorry, the only game that the defense was competitive in was against Kansas until Kansas took off in the second half the rest of that year. And so, um, you know, I mean, like the game against West Virginia, again, West Virginia had some issues of their own. And so, yeah, Texas Tech was able to win that game. But again, I, like, I, I think that, was, that said just as much about how badly West Virginia kind of choked down the stretch than it does about Texas Tech. Um, really kind of putting anything on there. Now, again, I, I mean, I could be completely wrong, and Matt Wells could really find something with this team, and the stabilization of the quarterback could be it. But, I mean, I, I just – I wasn't seeing improvement from the areas of the team that you would expect to see improvement if you're laying that foundation for a successful season. Jamie, you got anything to stick out to you? Well, I have, I have one thing that you said that stuck out to me that I have to latch on to as an Iowa State fan, Uh-oh. and then I will drop it. And that is uh, saying that luck has to equal out eventually. And if that's the <laughs> case, then Iowa State is due to win about mm, six national championships across the sports just based on the sheer amount of terrible luck they've had even in my lifetime. Um, and then going back from what I am incessantly reminded of uh, in the 20 plus years before that. So uh, just had to latch on to that one for a second there. Wait, but wait, 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 wait. Jumping on a national championship, shouldn't you first try to like put that towards trying to beat Iowa? <laughs> Thank you. All right. It's been, uh, it's been good talking to you guys. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I feel personally attacked. I, uh... See, I knew I didn't have to kick Jamie out because she'd just leave on her own eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hear about that one for like the next three or four days, aren't I? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, it's kind of rich coming from Kansas, but that's okay. This is going to be a fun, no, 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 fun no, no, soundbite on Twitter. Kansas and Missouri haven't played in forever. And so it's not like, you know, Kansas Good. I mean, that's frankly like five to your advantage. <laughs> Okay. Uh, before we move on, I'll say the other one that I, I think kind of stuck out to me is is Baylor at seven and a half. Look, I understand Charlie Brewer is coming back, but this team lost a ton. We don't even know if Charlie Brewer is healthy enough to play. You bring in a whole entirely new coaching staff, new head coach. When you aren't allowed to have spring ball, I I think Baylor can get to seven and five, but an eight and four Baylor team just doesn't seem likely. I think seven and five or six and six is more likely for Baylor this year. I just yeah. think there's too much stacked against them, and I really like Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer was bad. Charlie Brewer in the back half of the season when he was banged up. I don't know how Charlie Brewer makes it through the season healthy. Um, again, they won a See, lot the of games close. Pause there. Yeah. Well, what, what gives me pause there is that Baylor last year, as you know, as much as people don't want to give them credit for it, they were a team that won with their defense. Well, they're, they're, last year. Look, and yeah, I mean, absolutely. they ended up losing a bunch, but they have a defensive coach coming in. Like, if they're going to be successful, it's going to be because the defense doesn't miss a beat and they're able to really keep games close. Um, whether Charlie Brewer is in there or not, like we, I mean, we saw that against, you know, against Oklahoma, they had other guys that were able to step up as the second and third stringers. And so like, I think that Baylor will be okay. Even if Charlie Brewer isn't at, you know, peak form, if that defense can keep going. And that's, I think that's really what it comes down to is how well does a random bring in his defensive system and really build off of what they had last year. And I just, I just don't know, like there's enough question marks there that I could see them, you know, falling flat on their face and being three and nine if, if the defense gets derailed horribly and Brewer's not healthy. Um, but I also could see like Brewer hanging on just enough, the defense being really good. I could see them going nine and three, and I'm, I'm not really sure which one's more likely at this point. I just, I don't, I don't think 
they're going to fall flat. Like, I don't think this is a team that's going to miss a bowl game. I think there is enough talent, and the roster's been built up well enough to, to not just go four and eight. But seven and a half, if I had to pick between six or seven wins or eight or nine, I, w- I would put the money on on the under on seven and a half. Again, it's not, I, I don't, I I think Aranda can be a head, good head coach. I have no idea. I think Baylor's set back up to succeed. Um, but I also want to give full credit to how good of a head coach Matt Rule was. Um, and I, I, I think losing him and his coaching staff is going to have a bigger impact than people want. Like, I don't think we give an, when we say something like, that, oh, they have all these players returning. That matters. But I also think new head coaches, like, I think changing coaches matters a lot. Like, I, I think you have to give a ton of credit to uh, Matt Rule and what he did in Waco. So that's, that's the only other one that I'm like, I mean, Iowa State, seven and a half, uh, seven or eight. I don't like either way. Kansas, I I, I think that if they win three games this year, like I'd probably take the under because I think if they win three games this year, that's a huge step in the right direction. Kansas State, who the f- knows? Uh, <laughs> OSU at eight and a half. I did a, uh, I'm working on a piece that basically states like, if you have a top 10 level, like returning production, on average you see a 2.17 win increase so i would probably take the over for them with considering they have like the ninth highest level of returning production based off of uh, bill Connolly's numbers tcu at six and a half who the hell knows texas is eight and a half oh, gosh i could see them going eight or nine or ten i don't think ten i'm i'm i just i'm playing devil's advocate west virginia again could they win six games, go to bowl game? Yeah. Could they win seven? Sure. Could they win four again? Yeah. So I don't. I, I would. I wouldn't bet any of those. Like I just. I, nah. Yeah. You know, the only thing that's going to be really funny is there's a, unless Baylor, like if Baylor completely falls off a cliff, like it's definitely possible, especially early. Um, you know, it's 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 going to be funny when Kansas is able to get that, that over after four games. <laughs> Uh, or at the very least, man, if I'm just, already on I, record as saying yeah. that Kansas is going to beat Texas, like I think it'd be even more funny if Kansas hits their over by beating Texas. So at this point, if I understand Andy correctly, uh, Kansas is going to start the season 4-0. Uh, they're going to beat Texas, so that's five wins. So they're going to be one win away from bowl eligibility in year two of last year. And they're going to lose every other game. Oh, of course. That, that makes <laughs> no, no, actually, like, it's, it's one of those things, like, uh, you know, I don't want to make this a Kansas podcast, but it's kind of one of those things where... Haven't you? Oh, I mean, yeah, I have. I, I kind of have that effect. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, if they don't go 2-2 two and two in their first games, like, it's going to be hard to get any kind of enthusiasm for this team in the next three or four years. Because losing to either New Hampshire or Coastal Carolina, like... Those would be really bad losses, like almost as bad as they've had in the last few years, and they've had some really bad losses. Yes, yes, they have a few, a lot, quite a few. Um, okay, um, yeah, let's go quick. Uh, Jeff Goodman and Brett McMurphy put out an article for Stadium uh, ranking the Big Twelve athletic directors. We're not going to go through this list because the list isn't all that interesting. You all can uh, go and check it out at WatchStadium.com. We will share it on the 1012 Twitter account at 1012 Podcast, T-E-N, the number 12 word podcast. But we each had a thought um, from this particular ranking. Um, uh, I mean, I'll run it. Joe Castiglione at A, Gene Taylor at A-, minus, Mac Rhodes at B+, Jeff Long at B-, minus, Jamie Pollard at B-, minus, 
Uh, Mike Holder at C+, Kirby Hoke at C+, Shane Lyons at C+, Chris Del Conte at C, uh, and Jeremiah Dante. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce TCU's new athletic director's name. I know that's a terrible thing, but whatever. Uh, not applicable because uh, he hasn't done anything yet. This is all purely based off of football and men's basketball hiring grades, uh, which will be a perfect lead into why Jamie thinks this list is BS. Yeah, That's pretty uh, nicely. Yeah, I I really thought that one of these days maybe I would quit seeing uh, everything fully ignore the fact that women's athletics exist. Uh, today is sadly not that day. Um, one of my favorite parts is that it doesn't say men's basketball. It just says basketball. So obviously... The only basketball that matters in this ranking is men's. Uh, beyond my own uh, gender uh, equity issues, uh, the fact that, I don't know, there's like a whole lot of stuff that goes into being an athletic department besides hiring for two teams. So that's, uh, that's pretty wild to me. But yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, look, hey, I'm not someone who like ignores facts in uh, because I don't like them. I'm aware that football and men's basketball bring in the vast majority of uh, the money to an athletic department. But when you're ranking athletic directors, there is no way that you can ignore a good mm, 90% of their hiring and then ignore literally every other part of the job and call it a ranking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to know how poorly this list is done, all you have to do is look at the lesson or I'm sorry, at the Jeff Long grade uh, of a B minus because he has been absolutely atrocious in the last six months, even, you know, like, like you were saying, there's so many additional things that you have to account for other than football and men's basketball hires. And, and, you know, if you're looking at this list of hires that, that Jeff Long had, like even just looking at the list and assuming, you know, if, if you accept the premise that those are the only two things that matters when you're grading a, a athletic director, like look at the list of football coaches that he's hired. Um, Bobby Petrino, who flamed out horribly. Brent Actually, Bielema, you could just say again, he, he flamed crashed out horribly at Arkansas. Horribly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yes, I'm sorry. I missed the really obvious pun. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, it, it said he crashed and burned on his motorcycle, so go. flamed out horribly. I think <laughs> also Dave Wanstead at Pittsburgh, I mean, was okay, but nothing special at all. Like, I, I, I think at best that's a C grade for that individual hire. Les Miles is probably the best hire he has on here, uh, because on the basketball side, he had five years of Travis Ford at Eastern Kentucky, um, and then Mike Anderson at Arkansas, like nothing special there. So the best hire that you have on there is Les Miles, and that's at best and incomplete right now because while Kansas seems to be on a good trajectory, there have been questions about what he's done there. But that's like that's not a super good resume um, if that's the only thing you're paying attention to. And like I have no idea how that's worth a B minus, especially when you compare it to some of these other ads that got much lower grades. Yeah, I just like this feels like. Like, this is Stadium. I give a lot of credit to Stadium. I really like Stadium. I think they're a very nice sports website. This article feels like something that even my SB Nation brethren uh, wouldn't wouldn't write because it's so just like, I know that it's summer, 
and there's a pandemic and we have to, you know, get clicks and things. Um, I, I feel cheated by clicking on this. I feel like this is a mildly degrading and frankly, uh, terrible ranking and, um, Look, this, this shame on you, like Jeff. And it's Jeff Goodman and Brett McMurphy. Like they should be better than this. Well, and what you're saying too, like, yeah, we have we have nothing to talk about. We have nothing to do. So why don't you take the extra time and go through? I don't know, literally anything else relating to their directorship. Well, you know why they didn't do it because this is a list that belongs on like a Bleacher Report listicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it literally looks like they took one of those and just got rid of the extra clicks so that you have to watch all those extra ads um and just smashed it on here like they realize that the audience isn't going to care about those other things so it's not worth i guess their extra time and because they're not getting all those clicks (laughs) like there's no reason to take that extra mile and actually fill out the rest of the resume and let people actually look at that like seriously this this looks like it belongs on a bleacher report like site that i would not want to pay any attention to so well it's a it's a weird article too because it starts with a long story yes all about castiglion and then it just goes into the rankings and i was like wow they really put a lot of effort into this because i scrolled down expecting a story about every ad and it was like no 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 we basically took like two kind of halfway concepts and said here we go we're just gonna slap them together and call it good <laughs> this th- honest to goodness Gosh. a that jeff goodman and brett mcmurphy both put their name on this like they wrote this together it took two of you to write this like i could have written this <laughs> in like two days by myself uh two that it does just feel like hey let's write about joe castiglione I'm like wow well, we can't just write about joe castiglione because no one's going to read that outside of oklahoma fans hey let's rank all the ad's yeah let's just do it quick just so we have an excuse to write an article about joe castiglione like that's what this Look, feels this like almost looks like this almost looks like brett mcmurphy wanted to write an article about joe castiglione and wanted yes. to kind of talk <laughs> about everyone else to get more people to pay attention yep. to it and then said, hey, let's bring in Jeff Goodman so he can talk about basketball hires when all we're actually going to talk about is just listing out the people that were hired on basketball. I think hires. you solved it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <clears throat> That's it. Uh, okay. Well, this has been fun. And not that I want to bash Jeff Goodman or Brett McMurphy, but like, guys, I expect so much. I'm going to bash this article, not them, they because they better. are so much, especially Brett McMurphy. McMurphy's so much better than this. Right. Don't, don't feed me this garbage. Uh, I'm going to go lay my... Uh, uh, daughter's uh, tuition on the over on Oklahoma for a nine and a half. Uh, <laughs> while I go and do that, uh, Andy, where can everybody check out the work you do covering Kansas and the Big Twelve? Yeah, so Twitter and I are still fighting personally, but uh, Rock Chalk Pod over on Twitter. Uh, if, if you you know follow me there, I have been tweeting out anything KU related uh, from there. And actually, I've kind of branched out now that I don't have a personal podcast or I, a personal Twitter anymore. But uh, I also write over at Rock Chalk Talk. Um, and we are doing a, a countdown 100 days to football, um, and we are branching out to the other Big 12 teams as well. So, nice. um, you know, I, I would recommend kind of jumping out there as we as we are exploring some of those different uh, stories that are that are out there. But I also write about Kansas over for Landry Gauntlet as well. Jamie? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am not currently fighting with Twitter, so I'm on there at jsteyz, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. Um, I think I'm scheduled for approximately two hours of work this week, so I'm gonna try to try to write a couple things. I also write for Tailgate Society here and there, so I'm gonna try and maybe put some content out there, change it up, and do something productive with my time. Uh, 
You know us. We're the 1012 Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at 1012 Podcast. T E N number 12 word podcast. You can find us on Instagram at 1012Pod. T E N 12POD. Uh, and we will be back uh, later and uh, talk to you guys again. Podcast Network.